Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Obviously, draft uh, Supercoach Finals are kicking off this week in a lot of competitions. If you chose to have your draft grand final in round 26, you will be getting started this weekend. My comp, we have it in round 27, so ours is actually next weekend. But I thought I'd just go into a couple of draft strategies, and it's applicable for, for, you know, regardless of where your grand final is, it is applicable to both. So just some things that I like to do come finals times. And look, it will all depend on how many people are in your comp. It will depend on how your waiver wire works, so you need to understand all that information and whatnot going into it. I had organised uh, to have the weekly rubdown boys, Natty and Wook, come down for a uh, wire episode this week, but unfortunately a few things came up. I'm now doing the uh, the uh, live reaction, live whatever it is, on, on YouTube with Tom and Eddie tonight. Uh, the boys are going to be with me, so we're going to have a good night, sort of put the feet up and just enjoy ourselves. We will get a wire episode out over the next week or so, I would say, um, to try and just go through all strategies and everything but if not we will be back soon but for all your draft content guys obviously you can listen to the Rugby League Guru podcast but if you are a very keen draft player I would highly advise you go and check out Nadia Mooker from the weekly rubdown doing sensational work uh, I am recording this on Thursday Arvo uh, so the game tonight is the Broncos and the Sydney Roosters I just know I'm going to be pretty hungover tomorrow so I want to get some content out to you guys for the morning uh, so take into consideration guys that that game will already be played uh, and I'll just talk about some strategies and whatnot that you can use this weekend and next weekend if that's when your finals start. If your finals don't start this weekend, if you're like me and you start next weekend, please just start having a plan for finals. So have a look at the matchups. Work out from your 17, your 18, however many you need for next weekend, which guys are you going to be playing, which guys aren't you going to be playing. Make sure you are checking out which teams have the buy, etc., uh, that you know you just definitely won't use because if you're not going to use them, it might be in your best interest not to have them. If you are a team that if you win next week or if you win this week and you're going to have a week off, please take into consideration that, for example, if you're... So I'll give you a good example. So my game... My game next weekend will be my first uh, final, right? And I'm in fourth place, so I play first. So if I win that, it means that I'll get round 25 off, which I think with my matchups, I should win that. I've got Nathan Cleary versus the Manly Seagulls on Thursday night, and then Sunday afternoon, I've got KP versus the Canterbury Bulldogs. Now, I'm not saying I'll definitely win that, but I give myself a very, very good chance to win that, and I think I would would be the favorite to win that game. So I'm assuming I'm going to win that one because that's the way that I play. I play to win certain games and then to plan for the for after that. 
If I lose that game, I go to a sudden death and so fucking be it. I'll have to deal with that. But I will build uh, my team around knowing if I win first week, I get the second week off and that's how I'll build my team. So I'll know that in round 25, I, I won't have to play. So for example, the Brisbane Broncos have the bye that weekend. I've got Katoni Staggs in my team. If I have to play that sudden death game, so be it. But the fact that Katoni Staggs has a bye, I'm not planning on playing in round 25. So I'm not even going to worry about that bye or whatever. But what I will do is then look to round 26 and have a look, okay, what are my matchups like that week? Because Tony Staggs played the Raiders, for example, at GIO. Maybe that's not a fantastic matchup for me. Uh, do I need to keep him, etc., etc.? And Katoni's not the greatest example in the world, but you want to go through and check your matchups. Now, for me, I know that in round 25, regardless of what happens in the first two weeks of finals, if I'm playing in round 26, that's going to be a must-win game for me. And for some of you out there, that's going to be a grand final. And the first thing I take note of is, okay, fuck, the South Sydney Rabbitohs have the bye. This is why I trade away Cody Walker during the year because I was a little bit worried about this buy as we got closer and closer to it. But I've got Campbell Graham, so I know I'm going to be down my best CTW straight away. So it might be worth you having a look. If you're someone, like you might be someone that owns Campbell Graham, Ty Munro and Cody Walker and you might go, okay, well fuck, I need to try and make up ground in that week because I'm going to be missing those guys. Where can I maybe make up that ground? And it might be a matter of grabbing someone this week who you might hope there's an injury that week. You might grab a player that is, you know, pretty low owned, but they've got a good matchup that weekend. So, for example, I'm looking at the North Queensland Cowboys. They play the Dolphins that week. If Kyle Felt all of a sudden becomes the winger in that side, maybe Felt's a plug-and-play that week. I'm looking at the New Zealand Warriors. They play the St. George Illawarra Dragons that weekend. You might be able to get a Marcelo Montoya, a Rocco Berry, maybe one of these guys. I'm looking at the... The, the Manly Seagulls played the Bulldogs that weekend. If you think the Seagulls could get a big win that week, maybe it's an opportunity to grab like a Jason Saab and just hope that he scores two or three tries. He could prove to be the difference in your matchup. So all those little things, start to look forward, and all, especially if you've got a prelim and a grand final when key teams have the buyers, whether it be Brisbane, South Sydney, North Queensland, or if your grand final's in round 27, the Parramatta Eels. I didn't pick any, uh, I didn't pick any Parramatta players. I've specifically gone through my team this this year and not picked players that would have buys in finals, which is why I traded away Cody Walker. I have obviously got Campbell Graham, but throughout the entire final series of my comp, assuming I win week one, which I plan to, Campbell Graham will miss one game and that's it. I don't have any Parramatta players. I don't have any North Queensland Cowboys in week one, which is next week. Uh, I've got one Brisbane Bronco, Katoni Staggs, who ended up getting off a trade, who's Turned out to be pretty handy. But he's got the buy of the week that hopefully I won't have to play. So that doesn't worry me. So all I have to do throughout my final series is cover Campbell Graham. You also need to be prepared to be flexible. For example, Jack DeBellin. You know, he might not be an absolute superstar, but he's a 55 to 60 point super coach player for me who covers second row and front row forward. He challenged his thing the other day, which for a lot of you would have meant his season is over. For me, he doesn't play until the grand final. But the way I'm looking at it is if I am there in grand final week, I'm going to have a fresh Jack DeBellin who has had three weeks off. He'll probably play 80 minutes that week. So that's the way that I'm looking at it with Jack DeBellin. They like to use him for big minutes coming to the end of the season where blokes are injured and all this sort of shit. I am very very confident Jack DeBellin just plays 80 minutes in that game. So most people would have dropped Jack DeBellin. And if you're playing around 26 grand final, 100%, there's no point in you having him. But if you've got Jack DeBellin and you're looking at around 27 grand final, I would 100% hold him. Those that had Val Holmes would have been in a similar boat. Now he will miss all of it. So he is obviously an automatic drop. You can't do anything with Val Holmes, so you need to move him on. Jack DeBellin, though, for me anyway... 
I look at my team and I look at my bench and I go, you know what? I can afford to hold Jack DeBellin because I believe in grand final week, he's going to lock me in a 60 to 70 point game. So I'm more than happy to hold JDB. But you need to have a look at your team and how it's structured and how your bench is looking, where you're going to use guys, where you're not going to use guys. Dane Laurie was a guy I picked up last week. He scored really poorly last week, but normally he averages about 30 base stats. So I was okay holding him. But then I had a look through the draw and I sat there and went, okay, every single week, the I'm not going to be missing a CTW or a fullback each week. It's, it's going to come down to, do I want to play Dane Laurie or do I want to play Seb Chris? And I made the decision the other night, you know what? Most weeks, I'm going to rather just take Seb Chris's 30 to 50 than gamble on Dane Laurie, maybe going 70, but maybe also getting 10, for example. And I don't love his matchups, so I'd rather go with Sebastian Chris. So I dropped Dane Laurie altogether. Because I'm not going to have Jack DeBellin for the next few weeks, I made a decision, I'm just going to grab the best front row forward that I can off the waiver wire. So I went and grabbed uh, Jared Rhea Hargroves, who once again... Not a superstar in Supercoach-wise, but all I need from him is a 50 every week. 45 to 55 would be ideal. We know he can go higher than that. We also know he's got 30s in him, though, which is my worry. But in a 14-man comp, there really isn't too many options. So coming to the back end of this season, I think he is going to play decent minutes. I think he's going to have some good games for the Sydney Roosters. I think he's one HIA or whatever away from playing big minutes as well. They're carrying Hutcho on the bench. They've got young guys like Wong. Baker, these sort of fellas in the team, Baker's not even going to be there next year. So I personally think JWH will play decent minutes this week. So that's why I grabbed him. He's not a star. He's not a gun. But he'll get me 40 to 50, which in my team, when I've got Cleary and Ponga, that's all I really need. So I'm happy just to grab a JWH over holding Dane Laurie, who has got the ceiling, but he's got the low floor as well. I just don't want those low floors in my team. I want to avoid them as much as I possibly can, which is why if you guys have been listening to these draft podcasts all year... I made the decision to drop Carm Pierre because he has no base in him. Uh, you have a look at what Carm Pierre has done this year. It's been brilliant. He's averaging 52, which is fantastic, but he has scored 18 tries. That's a lot. You're relying a lot on tries for him to do well. Games that he hasn't scored tries in, 5, 16, 21, 21, 29, and 11. So you, you are relying on Carm to score tries to do well, and there's even games where he scores two tries and gets 60. Round three, two tries, scored 65. Round seven, two tries, scored 63. Round nine, two tries, scored 68. For me, I just don't want to be relying on guys to score tries in finals. I have a few that I'm sort of doing it with, guys like Tony Staggs and these sort of fellas, but I want to avoid it as much as I can, which is why I moved away from Dane Laurie. He's a fullback in a team at the bottom that I don't trust is going to score points. I don't want to be relying on attacking stats falling in his lap. I would rather grab JWH, put him in the front row, move Corey Horsburgh to my 2RF, which then allows me to move Connolly Lemuelu to my CTW. And all of a sudden, I've got 40 points locked in at CTW there. It just saves one headache, and it just keeps me above... Keeps my head above water, which is all I need to do because I've got the ceilings in my team in Nath Cleary and Caelan Ponga. So just keep all these strategies in mind when you are going through your draft season. It's a lot to take in. You need to keep in mind your waiver wire order and all that. My waiver wire order is going to be, you know, eighth pick gets gets first waiver in the finals all the way up, all the way down to the last pick, which is first place. And then it resets every week. So you keep that order. So for me, as I said to you guys all year, I always wanted to finish fourth. That's where I always aim to finish. This year, I did finish fourth, but it more so just happened to do with I had a lot of points scored against me and, and lost a lot of close games despite 
scoring more points than anyone. I just had good matchups against me, which happens sometimes. That's draft. It is what it is. So I've ended up where I want to be. I, I did it the extremely fucking hard way and the most stressful way imaginable, but I've ended up where I am. So it means that for the rest of the Supercoach finals, I'll actually have a better waiver spot than the top three guys, who I think, if I am to make it to a grand final, I'm pretty sure I'll have to play one of them uh, come grand final week. And if I am, if I am in grand final week... I will then probably have first waiver, and I'll also have Jack DeBellin, who if he was on the free agent list, he would probably be the first waiver wire grab. So it's all about thinking three and four weeks in advance, and I'm doing all this thinking about grand final week, which is how I play draft. There's every chance that I lose the games before that, and it all comes crashing down, but... The point of draft comps is to win trophies at the end of the day. So you've got to plan for that grand final week. You guys know that have listened to this from day one. I have planned for grand final week since January, since I started my getting my shit ready for draft day, and I drafted accordingly for grand final day. Campbell Graham, not going to have him for the prelim final, but I know I'm going to have him for the grand final because he's playing the Roosters that week and he'll be there. And that was my thinking with drafting Cody Walker, obviously. But I was able to make a move for Kalen Ponga. I picked that at the right time. So if KP can just stay fitted on the field for this final series, I give myself a really, really good shot uh, to be able to win this premiership with guys like Nathan Cleary and with Kalen Ponga. And then just all my other guys are just consistent across the board, which is all I need. And it might not sound like it uh, for people that don't play in a deep 14-man draft comp, but just having guys in every position that just average 50, uh, that takes you a long, long way. And I've pretty much got guys like that in most spots. You have a look at my CTWs. Campbell Graham is obviously a gun, 72 average. Katoni Staggs, 50 average. Lemuelu's got a 53-point average. Dylan Walker is my biggest gamble. He's my 40. He's got a 44 average. Uh, obviously, that's been tailored with a little bit because of games he played 5-8 and stuff. But Dylan Walker plays limited minutes. But the reason why I grabbed him is just because it keeps my head above water constantly. I know that when he comes off the bench, he's going to play his 45 to 60 minutes and he's going to score 40 to 50 points. And at CTW, if I can lock that in, good as gold. He plays around the ruck, so occasionally he picks up attacking stats here and there and has big games. But a guy like Dylan Walker is a guy that you wouldn't really think of that you'd want in your team. But if you have a look at his last, uh, what is it, six games coming off the bench, 60, 50, 44, 75, 49, 35. 35 is his lowest score that he will get for me, and I am absolutely stoked with that. So he is a CTW I pick every single week just because I know he won't score nine. He won't score below 20. He won't score below 30. He will be in that 30 to 40 to 50 mark, somewhere in there with attacking upside as well. And with the Warriors' good draw coming home, I personally think he will pick up a few attacking stats. And, you know, you look at that Warriors team between Torhu Harris, Adam Fenua Blake, when they get up and in a lead, the Warriors might choose to rest some of these guys. Who's the first guy that goes on to play? It's Dylan Walker. He can play every position, so he goes on to handle the ball a lot. So Dylan Walker, he's been a fantastic pick for me, and he's the sort of guy you need to start considering. Tane Milne, for example, I believe you're going to see Ty Munro play on the wing this wing. Tane Milne, he'll probably go back to the bench. So potentially, I'm not saying he definitely will be, but he might be a CTW that might play 40 minutes in the middle, and he might guarantee you 40 points a week at CTW. I'm not saying he will, but he's the sort of guy that maybe you should start to consider at this time of the year. You can either chase huge upsides, but then you take the huge risk of them going low with a Calm Piera, one of these sort of guys, or you pick the solid guys, you get the solid scores who have upside, Tony Staggs, Campbell Graham, these sort of guys. And you just play it safe and you rely on your captain choices, which I'm more than happy to do this final series. The other thing you need to consider 
is what your bench looks like. So during the finals, you can obviously have a player sitting on your bench. For example, and as I said, guys, I'm recording this before the game tonight. But for example, I've got Tony Staggs, yeah? He's probably my biggest gamble as far as my four CTWs. He's the one that has the most chance of scoring 15. So I might put him on my bench. Now, why would I put Tony Staggs on my bench? Because he plays the first game. If he scores 15, I straight away know, okay, fuck it. I can't VC this week. I've just got to go all in, or my VC is going to have to go mammoth. But if all of a sudden Katoni Staggs scores 110, I know straight away, okay, I've got to purge my bench. I've got to get rid of everyone else so he's the only guy there and then I can make moves with my starting team and take out another weak player. And this is where you need to make the decision. Do you have to win this week? If you do, make all the changes you need to and then deal with it after, yeah? But if not, you, you need to weigh up all those things and how it's going to work out and which players you're going to be able to get back. Are you going to be able to replace them, et cetera, et cetera? Would I drop a guy like Campbell Graham? No, I probably wouldn't. Would I drop a guy like Dylan Walker to maybe get Tony Staggs' 100? Yeah, I probably would because I'll back myself to either get Dylan Walker back or potentially just find a replacement that could hopefully score 40 or 50 with a good matchup. So all these things you need to consider. For me, what I always do, my game this weekend is a dead rubber, so I don't have to worry about it. So I've got two guys on my bench that are sort of smokies. Uh, Ito is one from the Cronulla Sharks. I think if he comes in, he'll kill it for them and he'll get good base stats. That's the way that he plays. So I'm sort of hoping this weekend that the South Sydney Rabbitohs really pull the pants down of the Cronulla Sharks and then he gets a gig next week. And he's a guy that I would be confident playing straight away. I've also got Skelton. Now that's turned out to, it's just timed out really badly with Skelton because the Doggies have a bye this week and Wilson scored a few tries last week. So it's going to be hard for Skelton to get into that side. But when he was in there, he played two 80-minute games. He based that at 38 and 36 and he scored 40 and 81 with one try in those two games. So he's a guy that if he can manage to get into the Bulldogs team, for round 26 or round 27 against Manly or the Gold Coast Titans, he's a play for me straight away, and I think he goes 50-plus, and I think he has got the potential to go much higher as well. So all these little things you need to be considering. I'm working out what I'm doing with Jack DeBellin. I've got Itero. I've got Skelton. These guys that I'm planning for the future, Dane Laurie, I made the decision. I really like him as a player, but in that Tigers side, can I rely on him to score good supercoach points? I probably can't, and I look at the matchups and go, would I play Dane Laurie that week? If the answer is no, I I drop him and I leave it there and I move on. I grab Jared Rhea Hargraves, which allows me to shuffle other guys around my team to fill gaps. So, so much to consider, so much to take in. This is where during the season, if you can grab your dual position guys, especially your guys that play through the middle but are CTWs in Supercoach, they are absolute gold. And this is why I think it was about week five of this season when I grabbed Lemuelu. I said on the podcast, this will be one of my better grabs because he'll just score me 40 to 50 every week and he'll be safe. He'll score tries occasionally, which is all good and gold, but he'll be safe. Dylan Walker was exactly the same, same sort of dude. Uh, so, yeah, plenty of options, plenty of decisions to make this week, guys. But please, when you're playing your Supercoach draft, if you listen to this podcast, you're obviously a keen draft player, please think about the future. Plan out what your finals are going to look like over the next two or three weeks. And if you are a player that has the opportunity to earn a week off, plan for that. Plan that you will win. Be confident going into it. Plan around that. If it doesn't work out that way, so be it. You have to go the hard way around. 
but I always plan for the perfect situation of me winning games, which is what I expect to do, and I think you guys should do the same, and hopefully it all works out. You need a lot of things to go your way to win Supercoach Grand Finals. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. It takes a lot of skill, but it also takes a bit of luck to fall your way. So I would back yourself to get a bit of luck and win all the games you need to and plan accordingly. Uh, and if it doesn't, then you've got to think on your feet and make it work, which is where the waiver wire becomes so important. And hopefully you're able to have a good waiver spot. If your waiver wire, if you use a waiver and then you lose it, you go to the bottom, I would be very, very careful with when you l- use it. And personally, I would hold on to it for as long as you can because you never know who's going to get desperate on Sunday afternoon and need to grab a gun to try and win a game. Last year, the bloke that won our comp, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He picked up Tino in week two because he was dropped to be able to win a game because he had a huge score on a bench. So all of a sudden he picked up Tino. I'm not sure if you remember, but the last three weeks of the 2022 season, Tino averaged about 100 points, and that guy went on to win our comp. Uh, now, there was a bit of controversy with our waiver wire, but a lot of your draft comps will work like that. So sometimes it can be absolute gold to hang on to your waiver wire. And for example, if mine worked like that, I wouldn't have grabbed Jared Ray Hargraves this week. I would have been patient and waited, but I grabbed him because then I knew that it's not going to work that way. It'll reset next week, and I'll be in a good spot. Whereas if it worked the other way, and I grabbed Rhea Hargraves, instead of the example of last year getting Tino, I would have been fucking beside myself. It's essentially 40 points I would have given away every single week. So think about all these things in advance. Find out when your grand final is. Work out who's got buys on. Work out how many players you're going to be without. Work out how you're going to replace them each and every week. So much to think about, but this is when Supercoast draft season starts, so make sure you get stuck into it. As I said off the top, guys, if you are looking for more draft content, please please go and follow the weekly rub down. Natty and Walker putting out the best draft content in the game. So please go and check them out. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, They've got their Patreon as well. And of course their podcast. Subscribe to that. Best of luck this weekend. If you've got any questions about your draft team or whatever, send them in to me at Rugby League Guru on Instagram. I will try and get to each and every one of them. If I don't, make sure you also reach out to Natty and Walker. They'll be able to help you out as well. Best of luck this weekend. Hopefully last night, uh, all your Broncos and Roosters stood up and played good Supercoach games. Fingers crossed for all of you. 